0: Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. Please pray with me. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable to you, my rock, and my Redeemer. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Ashley Davis. And it is my pleasure to serve as a deacon at this church. So inevitably during Holy Week, one of my kids will accidentally refer to Good Friday as Black Friday. And then the explanation ensues that Black Friday comes after Thanksgiving and that's when the businesses are in the black because they've made enough money for the year and are no longer in the red. And then the question usually comes, but why is it called Good Friday? And of course, the question is appropriate. Here we are dressed in black. The altar's been stripped. We have black vestments and black on the cross. And you wear black to a funeral, right? And isn't this kind of a funeral? Well, yes and no, because we know the end of the story. But the disciples didn't know. The women who witnessed his death and went home to prepare spices to bury his body Did not know that easter was coming and certainly peter who had denied even knowing jesus sat in the darkest of places with shame and guilt as well as devastation that jesus was not the messiah he had thought he was and it is important to sit with the disciples and weep for how jesus suffered and died and think about what our faith would look like without easter morning so why is it good The best answer I can give you comes from our Eucharist service. In obedience to your will, he stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself once for all, that by his suffering and death we might be saved. By his resurrection, he broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. This is the good news, my friends, that that by dying, Jesus has conquered death. He has broken the curse of sin and death and has set us free. We have been spending all of Lent focusing on our own lack and neediness, our own sin, but now it's time to stop navel-gazing and look up at the cross. Tonight, I would like us to focus on God's love for us through his son Jesus and how the cross eclipses all our sin. The acts we remember today of Jesus' suffering Reveal to us what love really looks like and what sacrificial love costs. Throughout John's gospel, he has been preparing us for the moment of Jesus' death and to view it as a sacrifice of love. Would you follow me through St. John's descriptions of Jesus' love so we might fully grasp how deep and wide and great our Father's love is for us? So John 3.16, it's a favorite Bible verse that many of us know by heart. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And this version is based on the King James Version that's, based, that's been passed down to us. But there's one little Greek word in there, the word for so, that means that we think of as he loved us so much, that really means so as in therefore. Like when we are trying to explain something. Now bear with me here because I know it's grammar and your eyes glaze over because English class. He was hungry, so he ate. This is the kind of so we are dealing with. A more accurate translation would be God loved the world, so he gave his one and only son. Or God loved the world in this way that he gave his one and only son. He loves us like this. And now Jesus is going to show us how God loves us by giving up his life so that we might have life. So what kind of love is this? Jesus tells us throughout John's gospel what his love looks like. It's a radical, self-giving love, a love that sweats great drops of blood, a love that is spat upon, a love that receives seven-inch nails in its wrists and feet, we get a glimpse of it in John three sixteen, And then in chapter 10, Jesus tells us, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand doesn't care about the sheep. He only cares about himself. But Jesus goes on. Not only does the shepherd lay down his life, but Jesus tells us, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. Jesus' death on the cross it's not a passive act that just happened to him. Jesus willingly lays his life down. Pilate didn't take it from him. The people who actively sought his life didn't take it from him. Even our sin didn't take it from him. He gave it up of his own will. Judson shared this quote with me from Max Lucado that I think helps us. It means Christ was the one who set in motion the political machinery that would send Pilate to Jerusalem. And it also means that he didn't have to do it, but he did. This is why the ropes used to tie his hands and that the soldiers used to lead him were unnecessary. Had they not been there, had there been no trial, no Pilate, and no crowd, the same crucifixion would have occurred. Had Jesus been forced to nail himself to the cross, he would have done it. For it was not the soldiers who killed him, nor the screams of the mob, it was his devotion to us. Because this is how God loves us. A couple of weeks before his crucifixion, Jesus knowingly goes into harm way. He goes back close to Jerusalem, where they know they are plotting to kill him. He goes to Bethany to raise his friend Lazarus from the dead. Jesus knows that this miracle will only inflame the hatred against him and hasten his death. Yet because he loves his friend, he lays down his life for the life of Lazarus. Immediately after Jesus raises Lazarus, John tells us that the chief priests and Pharisees begin plotting the death of Jesus. Because everyone is talking about this dead man who's come to life. Lazarus sounds a little bit like you and me, doesn't he? The good shepherd lays his life down for his sheep, for you, and for me. And in case you still weren't sure what God's love looked like, Jesus tells his disciples in the garden before his arrest, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay his life down for his friends. Jesus defines the greatest love of all by his own actions. He goes to Jerusalem during Passover where he knows the leaders are plotting to kill him. He raises Lazarus from the dead knowing that it will make him a marked man. And now he waits for the coming of the soldiers that he sent Judas to go get. He waits for them in a garden that Judas knows well. He does not try to hide from the authorities. It would have been easy for him to walk 30 minutes to Bethany and spend the night with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. He could have stayed away from Jerusalem until tempers cooled off, but he decides to go to the garden where Judas would know where to find him. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Last night, we celebrated Maundy Thursday together and the institution of the Last Supper. We call it Maundy Thursday because of the new commandment that Jesus gave us, that you love one another as I have loved you. Do you love others with this self-sacrificing love? Do I? Jesus' death models for us perfect submission to God's will. It is through taking on this cross-shaped faith that we can die to ourselves, to our own wants and needs, and live out what it means to love others the giving up of ourselves it is the aligning of our own wills so much with the will of the father that we release our desires for safety or comfort and follow wherever jesus calls us by taking up our cross and following jesus we learn to give of ourselves expecting nothing in return or to use paul's phrase to pour ourselves out like a drink offering so as we approach this time where we nail our sins to the cross Yes, I want you to acknowledge your sins and failures, what they have inflicted suffering on Jesus. But most of all, I want you to reflect on how much he loves you. The suffering he was willing to go through so that he could spend eternity with you. You are his friend for whom he gave up his life. If we look at the cross and think only of our sins, then we are missing the point. He thinks you are worth dying for. When you're thinking of what to write on your piece of paper to nail to the cross, I want you to think about an area where you are lacking in love for Jesus, a place where you keep failing your call to live out your faith, to love others, to love yourself, to give up those things, desires, lusts, cravings, insecurities, fear, anger, resentment, unforgiveness jealousy, old wounds, those things that are keeping you from full devotion to our Lord. And nail that to the cross. Nail that to the cross knowing that Jesus loves you so much that in defeating death, he is making all things new. He is making you new. He died for you so you could be with him forever. He paid the price for those sins and the penalty died with him. It is finished. There is a song we sometimes sing called How Deep the Father's Love for Us. And in it, there's a line, It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. So the song is beautiful, the lyrics are wrong. It was not our sin that held him there. Our sin had no power over Jesus Christ, the King of creation, the Lion of Judah. It was his love that held him there. He submitted to the cross because he loves us, not because our sin had that much power. He gave himself for us as a sacrifice, pleasing to God, because he is the good shepherd who lays his life down for the sheep. For in this way, God loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, I want to end with a prayer that's one of my favorites from the prayer book. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name.